You're listening to Hashtag Going Viral, hosted by Anna Watson, the podcast where we talk to 12 TikTokers that have gone viral, become influencers, gotten brand deals, or just have a message to share. So stay tuned and enjoy. Hello, hello. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Going Viral. I'm your host, Anna Watson. Welcome back to our second episode of our second mini-series, Ones to Buy Into, where we talk to people who use TikTok as a promotional platform to find out what works and sometimes what doesn't. Our second guest, Davis Barlow, started and ran a TikTok on behalf of the Piedmont University Athletic Department. Let's see what he has to share. Just to clear up a few things, you did initiate and, like, create the Piedmont Lions TikTok account for your capstone, correct? Yes. So for a short time, like that spring of 2021, you ran the Piedmont Lions account also? Created, ran it. Yeah, I did everything. Danielle had access to the account just to make sure everything was good and check over everything. But I did everything on the account. So when I made the account officially, it became Piedmont. Back then, I guess the the athletic department was still going by Piedmont College, but we transitioned to Piedmont University. And so it became the official account of the sports information department. And with Danielle being co-director of athletics as well as the SID, the account was officially charged to her staff. But as my capstone project, she allowed me to be the one to run it. So tell me a little bit about the project. What all did it entail? What was its purpose? Uh, So the purpose was really to be able to show, really to show off Piedmont Athletics and show everything, everything that we do and kind of make the, make the D3 athletes feel, feel appreciated and, and similar to how some of those big D1 programs are able to run social media accounts. And so it was really, it was really student-based. It was a lot of the project was working uh, with the student athletes, having them do the popular trends, uh, kind of showing off what they were doing. And then a lot of the coaches really enjoyed it because it became a recruiting tool. And when we were able to show off the team's uh, performance and success on the field while also uh, showcasing that the teams also like to have a little fun behind the scenes. And what other types of content did you create with the student-athletes other than just, you know, what was trending at the time? So we did a lot of on-field, uh, a lot of on-field highlights was, was most of the account. Um, of course, you know, we stuck to the trends of what was popular. I also got to know a lot of the student-athletes. It was a way to feel a little bit more personal with the players, and especially to a lot of people that were watching. A couple TikToks did really well. Uh, where you kind of just realize that, yeah, these student athletes are very talented. They're great athletes, but, you know, they're also college students at the end of the day. And so it was great to make some of that more personalized content. One of them was a personal one of mine that I did, which was uh, a day in the life of a student worker. This is me heading down to the field as we had a softball doubleheader and a lacrosse game today. Hey, Troy. I'm on video for both of the softball games. Shout out Coach Terry Martin for letting me film on the field. After the girls take the dub on senior day, it's time to head up into the booth and get ready for the women's lacrosse broadcast. Welcome to the broadcast here, Davis Barlow, Nick Pope, Piedmont College Athletics on YouTube. After the women win the USA Southwest Championship, it's time to break down the field. There's me taking the American flag back to the setup. 
After that, most of the student workers and I go eat at the calf, and then I head back to my dorm, where it's time to video edit as I manage the TikTok, and when I'm done, I get ready to do it all again next weekend. And so I kind of did everything for my day from waking up to going to eat with all of uh, all the athletes before they went to their games, uh, headed down to the field to do setup. Uh, that one that one did really well because people got to see the behind the scenes and just how long, you know, some of the sports information staff was there. I think Danielle and I got to the got to the facilities around 8 a.m. And by the time she locked her door, it was around 11 p.m. that day. Yeah, a lot of people really got to see how long the day is uh, for us. That is a long day. Do you yeah, think it changed good. some people's perspectives? Like you just said, it really showed them how long the day was. But normally, if you're calling a game, they just, you know, hear your voice. So in what ways do you think it changed how people watch the games? We were in a very weird time in athletics with the way Division Three wanted to run Athletics, And so as, as many people know, they pushed everything to the spring, uh, which is very difficult, especially on a D3 sports, de- sports athletic department that has three full-time workers that are supposed to cover 21 active sports. And so I think it showed people just how difficult it is to run a top-tier program with such little staff while having the extra burden of making sure everyone's got their mask on, everyone's following the rules that allowed fans to come to some of the games, while also making sure that those that couldn't come were able to view games online, that the stats were correct. I think it showed a lot of the dedication and, and a lot of the grind that goes into uh, some of these lower lower budgeted athletic programs. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it was a lot of hard work and effort. What were some of the highs and lows for you in this whole process? The highs would definitely be the success of some of the TikToks. It was really it was really cool to see. There was one specific uh, TikTok with a senior softball player, Tanner Kate Sauls. Uh, I caught her, caught her on video singing John Mayer between innings. We keep on It ended up with like 58,000 views, well over well over 10,000 likes. And so the success of some of the work I did was definitely um, some of the highs. And then I think the lows, the lows would be attempting to balance my senior, my final senior semester with Capstone um, because Dr. Van Kampert holds you to a very high standard with Capstone. There are deadlines you have to meet. Um, and so having to work around the student athletes schedules as well as my own and also meet a set deadline uh, led to a lot of late nights uh, a lot of a lot of caffeine consumption that is probably well over the levels of uh, what most health professionals would recommend Uh, and so just the, the late nights were very difficult it takes a toll it adds up but at the end of the day looking back on it it was all worth it this is a whole new journey you had to go through at the time, what was essential for you to make sure that this project did well? So I had never done any type of social media, social media management or, or content creation. For people that know me personally, I, I think I've posted on Instagram twice in the past three years. I'm, I'm not big on making posts. And so when Dr. Tingle suggested the idea of making a, an account and producing four months worth of content, it was very intimidating. I remember the day I opened 
opened TikTok and tried to figure out how to make a video, I, I remember thinking and telling, I believe it was Connor Jelly was sitting next to me. I was like, dude, I don't think I'm going to get through this. Like, I can't make 40 videos. I don't even know. I don't even know how to get this like thing to work. And so it was very intimidating at the time jumping into jumping into a new realm like that. But something Professor Jackson told us when she first got to Piedmont is there's no such thing as too much film. And so I remember every time I went out to film, either it be a game, a practice, or anything, I always made sure that my camera was charged to 100%, and I did my best to to keep it running no matter what, whether it was team huddles, whether it was the players just goofing off, warming up, uh, whether it was actually filming the game, no moment, even when I was filming, whether the moment seemed big or small, I tried my best to keep the camera on because when I went back and edited, a lot of the times the moments I thought I really did a good job of capturing didn't come out as well as as I was hoping, but some of the moments where I kind of just left the camera on turned out turned out to be really well. Those shots of extra film turned out to be some of the biggest lifesavers for me as far as finishing videos. I feel like I've definitely been in that position where you think you get an incredible shot and it's just not what you thought it would be. I've had that moment on the field too, you know, like you make a one-handed catch you had to jump for and you feel unbeatable and then you watch the film again and you're like two inches off the ground. Yeah, it's very. it was a very surreal feeling, especially in I mean, the COVID, the pandemic made it worse. Obviously, uh, you know, some of the coaches were a little bit more strict about how close I could get to the athletes and whether or not I could be on floor level. Or It was very – it was a learning experience for me. It really embodied the no such thing as too much film. When all the student athletes and I imagine their families and other, you know, just fans of Piedmont Athletics, one, how did you tell them about the TikTok? How did they, how did you communicate that it was new and it was there for them? But what was their response to when they saw it? Uh, that was one of the nice things about the project, being able to work with the sports information department, was any press releases uh, that I wrote, Danielle was able to put onto the website for me. And so we announced the creation of another social media officially through the athletic department. And honestly, it was it was great to see the response from the students. I waited to announce it, uh, actually announced it with a video of our baseball team. And so the players really liked the video. I worked hard on that edit, and it, it really just kind of spread. I think I posted that video probably around 10 p.m. at night. And I think I woke up the next morning with about 120 followers and a bunch of likes. So really the students took very well to it. You can see the amount of shares a video gets on TikTok. And the students did a great job of spreading spreading the post really beyond what I could reach or beyond what the athletic department uh, could reach. So I had parents who who would come up to me at games and be like, hey, are you the one making the making the TikTok content? Is that what this video is for? And it was it was really great. A lot of them were were very appreciative of some of the different angles. Again, it, it's difficult with a Division three budget to produce uh, quality, top-tier content and broadcasts. We're, we're very limited uh, by what we can do. And so a lot of what happens for those who can't get there on game day can only be seen from one angle and specifically on the, on the uh, – 
on the Walker Athletic Complex, it's very difficult based on where the camera's placed to see some of that action up close and personal. And so for me to be able to provide another behind-the-scenes angle that they weren't able to see at home, uh, a lot of people really enjoyed that. I know you mentioned how difficult it can be for a smaller B3 production team to run various productions. I know that in broadcasting, one of your coworkers, Nick Pope, actually it was, now that I'm thinking of it, it was you and Nick Pope who had to learn the game to broadcast the game. And a lot of the fans and families and other people watching the games and fans had the same reactions about, like, wow, it's finally happening. Wow, like, I can see this without just going to the game. How do you think those two scenarios relate in this? Yeah, it's a very difficult process, especially specifically learning women's women's lacrosse and volleyball were very uh, difficult for me. For me personally, I'd never watched either of those two sports uh, very very much, and so learning a lot of the terminology behind them took a, took a lot of behind the scenes effort. I remember me and Nick Pope uh, sitting in his room. We watched an Olympic volleyball match all the way through to try to understand what was happening, and so it was. It was a real learning learning curve, but it was something that we wanted to do as broadcasters was we wanted every every fan and every parent uh, at home to have the opportunity to hear their child's game. And so it just didn't feel right for us to do certain games and not others. Um, and, and really, a lot of parents were very thankful for that. I mean, Caitlin Smith's grandmother made us cookies. Uh, Sydney Krause's parents made us a made us a senior day sign uh, to go along with the women's soccer team, and so the the fans were were very very thankful for our effort to to bring uh, you know their kids' games to life. And you know, not everyone is going to take everything positively. So, were there any poor negative reactions, and how did you <laughs> deal with those? I vividly remember. Oh, there were two negative reactions that stick out uh, in my mind from Piedmont. One of them was from a player uh, my sophomore year of college. I worked with uh, Nate Royce, who did the broadcast before me. Great broadcaster. I think he's working at a radio station in Gainesville now. But uh, we had called a women's soccer game, and it was it was a Piedmont win, and it had gone a little bit a little bit rougher. Um, than some of the girls would have liked. And, and one girl particularly was having a pretty rough day. Um, and, you know, I don't it's – a, it's a fine line because you want to be respectful of the players, but you also have to call what's happening on the field. And she had a rough day shooting, um, and I guess she went back and watched the game. Um, and she, she took I – would, I wouldn't say offense, but she definitely didn't appreciate one of my comments, which to me – and as well to to Danielle, who heard the complaint first, my comment was fair and within the bounds, but she uh, she did approach me outside of work and air her grievances. And so that one and another one with a parent who was upset uh, with me not mentioning her daughter's name enough. Uh, those were the two big incidents. And it's something, you know, you take it to heart a little bit because you're trying to do your best to please everyone, um, but it helps it helps when your boss is, tell you if you are still within the lines and correct. 
Yeah, absolutely. Having a support system can be very, very beneficial, especially especially for, like, mental health and not second-guessing, you know, your work and having the confidence to continue and, like, not be scared to make calls. Yeah, definitely. What made TikTok your ideal outlet and not YouTube for this project? It really came down to, to what's popular right now. And, and with the way social media is trending and the way today's society is trending, is it's everyone wants that, that short-term, um, immediate, immediate fulfillment. And so long-form media, as in YouTube, short films, movies, just isn't, isn't what everyone's looking for right now. TikTok is anywhere from zero to 60 seconds of very quick hit media. Um, the algorithm provides you a real, um, a real chance to actually get in front of an audience. YouTube is very difficult to get the views without having a big following. And so TikTok, to me, for the fact that everyone wants instant gratification, made it the easiest outlet to attempt to reach as many people as possible. What about TikTok gives it that real chance to get in front of an audience specifically? Yeah, so that came uh, specifically when I when I first started the research on the project. The back end algorithm of TikTok is very it's actually a very complex uh, creation to where even the amount of time you spend on a video, whether you like or comment, uh, you don't even have to do that to where the algorithm will actually take the kinds of videos that you've watched, whether you have content that's similar or hashtags that are similar, it'll almost generate your, your custom, custom feed. No, no individual feed uh, anywhere in the world is exactly the same. It's all tailored to you in some form or fashion. And so to me, with sports and collegiate sports being such a large market, I knew that if I could get those videos on those people's feeds, that I would have that reoccurring and attention-grabbing from that zero to 60 second video to where I would be able to generate the views that I was looking for. Awesome. Thank you so much, Davis. I really appreciate you coming and talking. Yeah, no, it was always fun. Having done a heap of research, Davis Barlow knew a lot about the TikTok algorithm and how it benefited him over other mediums for the purpose of his project. Strategic planning is a key factor in any business venture and it's one that should never be overlooked. It is critical if synergy is something that you would want to reach. Plus, according to the Corporate Finance Institute, it helps initiate influence instead of just responding to situations. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hashtag Going Viral. The blog will be posted later today to our website sharing a similar message. Be sure to check out our socials linked below for fun content and any updates. Next week on Hashtag Going Viral, we are speaking with two someones who have quite the journey to share, Riley and Amy Parscale. Stay TikTok savvy, my friends, and tune in next week to Hashtag Going Viral. Thanks for listening to Hashtag Going Viral. We post a new episode each Friday at noon. For more enjoyable content, follow our socials linked below. See you next week.